everyone. Wow, that was an abrupt ending of that music. Guys, you got to trail it off. It was like, wow, it was there. We were all dancing and then it was gone. Happy Friday. I think it's going to be a taco Friday. But Jed, it was a taco Wednesday. I know you can never have too much beef if you know what I'm saying. All right. Welcome, everyone. It's almost time for the weekend and we have a fantastic show for you lined up. I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about today first, as I always do. I found a fascinating poll on how both men and women perceive their own masculinity and femininity. And I was very surprised. It's also really interesting to see the difference in how British men felt about it versus American men. So we're going to talk about that a little bit because I think it's relevant. Then there's this guy. I really can't. He critiques a video about, essentially, he pulls up a video from TikTok and he berates this woman who is a stay-at-home girlfriend multiple videos of that actually he has a problem with her being a stay-at-home girlfriend and says she's basically wasting her life i have some critique to throw back at him i know shocking we're also going to dig into the latest tools in the matrix did you hear about the white house keeping a close eye on elon musk's twitter i don't know how many people are on twitter out there but twitter is you know had a reawakening because free speech is once again reigning there. Well, some people don't like it, including the Biden White House. Shocking to everyone. We're all going to talk about Madison. I was going to say Madison Beer, but I'm told it's Bear. So there you go. Madison Bear's commentary on sexism and misogyny. Basically, she thinks everyone's a misogynist and sexism is everywhere. But you got to hear it from her. Turns out she's wrong. Hmm. Surprising. And we're going to talk about some body count. Oh, my Lord. I got a clip on this from a podcast where a woman essentially says that if her boyfriend, if her boyfriend found out that she had slept with a thousand guys, it would be fine. Come now, come now, honey, come back to earth. We'll wait. We'll wait while the spaceship descends and lands. We'll wait. All right. So all that and more, some of the clips from today going to blow your mind. But first I have to talk to you about a special partnership. Uh, this podcast today is brought to you by 360 Cookware. This is really important. So listen, I know I have a lot of people that care about health who listen to this. A lot of you guys, ladies out there, you work out, you get in the gym, you care about what you put into your body. You know the matrix and the system is coming for you, but you're not going to take it. You're like, I'm going to get my fitness. I'm going to get my healthy food. Screw you, matrix. I know you're out there and I know you're listening. So here's the problem. You walk into your kitchen. You want to cook that really healthy food. You're excited about it you don't know that that pot, that pan that you have is leaching toxic chemicals into your food. Oh, isn't that interesting? Maybe it's made in China. Maybe it's made somewhere else. Who knows? But it's not safe. So all that good food that you just prepared, going to get stuck with chemicals. I want to help you prevent that. I have a company, 360 Cookware, and I have a deal for you today. They are made in the USA. All of their pots, their pans, their bakeware, everything. Everything is made in the United States. There's no better time than now to support American-made products. They are free of all toxins, all chemicals. So you know if you're making whatever that is, your ground beef, your grass-fed beef, you know you love it, your eggs, whatever it is, you got your breakfast, you throw it in there, you know it's going to come out with just those nutrients, not some nasty stuff that has leached in from heated food in a nasty chemical pot or pan. You don't want that for you. You don't want it for your family. 360 Cookware has a lifetime guarantee on their products. So that's how confident they are. It's all stainless steel. It's all made in the USA. It's all lifetime guarantee. I can guarantee you that when you put your food in there, it's not coming out with any nasty chemicals. You'd be surprised. All that nonstick stuff out there, all those pots and pans from other countries, you don't know, China oftentimes, 
They come and they corrupt all of your food. I don't want that to happen. I have a great deal for you today just in time for the holidays. So listen, you have someone in your life. I'm telling you, this is what I asked for. I asked for this for Christmas, okay? You have someone in your life who likes to cook. You like to cook. You know a chef, grandma, mom, whoever it may be. You're going to get 25% off 360 Cookware today with my code. And we're going to put that in the description as well. So you'll be able to go right to the website and see 360 Cookware, 25% off with the code Jedediah, J-E-D-E-D-I-A-H. Remember, you don't want those toxins. You don't want those chemicals. Hey, honey, you going to fight the matrix? You going to fight the system loaded up on toxins? I don't think so. And we know that toxic buildup leads to lower sperm counts, leads to all sorts of complications. We don't need that. We don't want that. Battle the matrix, battle the system, eat clean food, 360 cookware, 25% off code, Jedediah. Check in the description. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. I have all their stuff. I am in love with it. And I just asked my husband for a few gifts for Christmas. So 360, some purchases coming your way. Okay. Now let's get back to the nitty gritty. And by the way, thank you to Aaron Top G. I almost forgot for lining up that sponsorship. I'm passionate about those products, Aaron. See, I got you in there. I get all the love out, don't you worry. Now, how men and women identify as masculine and feminine. What would you say if somebody asked you, how many men and how many women do you think are comfortable identifying as masculine or feminine? Well, let's take a look. YouGov in the UK, this is a UK poll, but they also polled Americans. It's interesting what they did here. And here's what they found, YouGov UK. Only 2% of young men feel completely masculine. 2% of young men compared to 56% over the age of 65. Look at that generational gap. 2% of young men versus 56% over the age of 65. So check this out. New YouGov research reveals the scale of the generational shift in terms of how young people perceive their own masculinity and to a lesser extent femininity. We'll get to that. On a scale of zero to six, where zero is completely masculine and six is completely feminine, only 2% of young men aged 18 to 24 define themselves as totally masculine. Holy mother of earth. Can you even imagine? There's a dramatic difference between young and old women on their self-defined level of femininity as well, which is interesting, but not quite as large. On those stats, only 39% of 18 to 24-year-old women say they are entirely feminine, a level five or six, compared to 77% over 65. So think about this. You have the older generation of men and women, men saying, yes, I'm masculine. Women saying, yes, I'm feminine. And then you're seeing this trickle down that's almost disappearing in the younger generations. Why? Now, what's interesting is they also polled some American men, and they found that American men are more likely to think of themselves as masculine. Overall, 42% of American men say they're masculine compared to 28% of British men. But let's not get too excited, Americans. 42% is a horrible number. 42%, less than half of American men, less than half, saying they consider themselves exclusively masculine. So we talk about why. Why is this happening? Why are men increasingly less inclined to consider themselves masculine and women less and less inclined to consider themselves feminine? Well, it's because those words have been labeled dirty words by media. We know that, right? We know that masculinity is now labeled toxic. So men are trying to distance themselves from that. They're like, oh, wait, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I'm not supposed to be masculine. Maybe I'm supposed to put on my feminist rock t-shirt. I don't know. And you know that femininity is now considered weak, right? If you're feminine, you're not that Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Uh-oh, you're not going to be able to fight off the entertainers of the world with your little boxing game, honey. I hate to break it to you. You're not going to be able to do that no matter what you do. But these two words have now 
by virtue of media, by virtue of, you know, all of the bigs, you know, the big government, the big farm, the big tech, all of them. They love to diminish these and to make, again, and I'm going to say this a zillion times because I need to drill it into your head to make men less attracted to women, women less attracted to men because that's part of the agenda. But how sad and how, how odd of a reality we're in where you have an increasingly feminized male population and an increasingly masculinized female population. Where does that leave us? Where is that going to leave us? I don't know. Less union? Less babies made? Oh, look, more power for the system. How odd. How interesting. By the way, I also want to remind you, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We got to get those subscribe. I told you when we hit 100K, I'm going to do something special. You know, maybe it'll be Delhi dancing to a disco ball. You don't know. You don't know what kind of moves Delhi has behind the scenes. I do, just saying. We've seen them here at Valuetainment, and I'm going to tell you you're missing out. So it's going to be something special, 100K. Um, Delhi's also managing the chat today, so if you've got your super chats, we're going to read them. Questions, comments, anything related to the crazy clips we're going to play today. And uh, let me tell you, there's a lot of crazy going on. So get on in there. Get on in there. You know, I get, I get, I get excited when I see a feisty chat. All right. So let's start with um, Hassan Abi. Do you know who this is? I didn't. But apparently he's very well known. And he has a channel where he took some time to rip on stay-at-home girlfriends. So apparently there are these women out there who on TikTok, TikTok is evil in many respects in my view, but, and really part of the decay of society, let's be honest, let's be honest, TikTok is its own planet and it ain't so cute sometimes. But there are these girls on TikTok and they chronicle their days as a stay-at-home girlfriend. I'm sure sure there are some stay-at-home moms as well. And this guy took a problem with it. He had, it upsets him so much to see these women, you know, chronicling their day that he had to rip on them. So let's start with that. We're going to start at 2.05 and I'm probably going to stop and go because I can't control myself and my reactions, as we all know. Let's start with that. Uh, Go ahead. Life as a stay at home girlfriend. I first did my skincare routine. Then I did some ice rolling and some journaling and I made the bed. Then Luke and I got out and picked up some celery juice and then went to his favorite latte place. Then we came home and I made myself a matcha latte and checked some emails, replies. Bro, that's literally, that's too many lattes. She's already cracked out by 11.30, and I'm the one saying this. I drink so much cold brew, but, like, what the fuck? He takes Gotta say the other one is funnier if you've seen this first. Yeah. To some texts. Then I went for a walk to my Pilates studio and made myself some breakfast. Then I did a lot of laundry folding and... Then I steamed my dress that I'm going to wear for tonight, took Luke to the gym. When I came home, I cut up some veggies to snack on. Bro, she seems so sad. Who's she emailing if she's unemployed? Where are the emails going? Who is she emailing? This seems like a very sad existence, though. Like, no joke. What's up with that? Okay, so we're going to pause it here. Why? So he's bothered. Right, and you're going to see because this isn't the only clip he shows of the stay-at-home girlfriends. He had to pull another one and another. It was just eating him up inside. Now, it's interesting that he looks at that. First of all, why you got to criticize? 
Why you got to criticize? If she's, if she's happy doing that, she's staying at home. I don't know what her boyfriend does, but he's clearly said, hey, babe, you want to work? You can. You don't want to work. You don't have to. She, she doesn't seem like she's living a sad existence to me. I have to say, weighing in as a female. You know what I see in her day? Peace, honey. I see peace. She's not stressed out. She's walking around. She's taking care of her skin. I like a good morning skincare routine as a female, I will say. That puts a big old smile on my face. She's getting her, you know, celery juice. She's getting her lunch. She's tidying up the house. Nothing makes me happier than a day where I get to organize closets. I've shared that on the show before, and I'm not kidding. So he's looking at this. First of all, he's looking, I think, from a male perspective, right? Men and women are different. Very hard for some of these guys to process that. These, I'm assuming that he's probably, he's probably a leftist. I can't guarantee it, but I can almost guarantee it. Um, and it's hard for them to process that. But it, it really struck me as him looking at this. Now she's very soft-spoken. So maybe he's not used to that in the modern feminist world where everyone's like, rawr, 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 rawr. that's how women are supposed to talk now, apparently, to be appealing in some way. In your face, you know, nails, how to be like claws. You know, it is what it is. 2022 is what it is. But I just heard a, a girl that sounded very much at peace. She's soft-spoken. She doesn't need to be yelling. There's nothing to yell about. She's had a nice day. <laughs> nice, peaceful day. You know what I call that in my life? Saturday. Yay. Yay. Nice, calm. Fold the clothes. I love it. I'm not lying, by the way. I know you see me sitting here at this mic and you're like, Jed's being sarcastic. I'm not. I'm truly not. I love those days. I get an incredible amount of joy from them. But who is this guy to be picking on her for making this decision? And for criticizing a dynamic, a relationship dynamic that works for her. All right, let's go to 528. I'm going to skip to the next one, actually, Deli. I do that sometimes. I apologize in advance. Let's play that one. Everything I did for my boyfriend today as a stay-at-home girlfriend. The first thing I always do is make him a coffee. He loves these lattes with some cinnamon on top. And then I take it down to his office for him. And then he handed me his water bottle to fill up and I realized I had to change the water filter which I needed some help with and then I what is happening bro like I huh, I had to change the water filter I was so stupid I was so wrong so let's pause it there let's take the opportunity because these long silences he does drive me nuts anyway to be perfectly honest but again why do you assume she's dumb why why she's she's pretty i know she's blonde i know people seize on that and, and create a meme about it but i'm not going to assume she's dumb first of all changing a water filter can be quite complex i'm just going to say as a female i've been in that position and it's not fun all the time <laughs> secondly why do you assume she's stupid because they have opted for this traditional role where she's staying home I think it's very nice, frankly, that she offered to, if she's going to stay at home and she's not working and her boyfriend's working in the other room, what is wrong with making him a coffee or bringing him a water? Do you see how sensitized we are, though? We're so sensitized that you have to almost overcorrect your reflex reaction to these things. Like, you're like, what, what is she, his servant? And then you're like, wait, what? What did I just say? You know, where did my mind just go? You have to check yourself because we live in a world where this stuff gets demonized instantly. Oh, she's dumb. Oh, she's too stupid to get a job of her own. Oh, she's like a slave in her own house. Like, those are all the talking points when in reality, you could very well be watching a very happy woman that made this decision for herself and just doing something nice for her boyfriend and chronicling it and proud of that moment. So, 
check yourself. You know, what's his name again? Hassan. Sorry. Okay, let's go to, we're going to flip to 759 on that one um, because I think he makes an interesting comment there. So let's go to that one, that last clip in that batch, Deli. Way to live, dude. I mean, she just like, she's in a codependent relationship where like she basically is just her boyfriend's caretaker. When it came around dinner time, I started to get cooking. I make dinner every night. Tonight, I made lamb meatballs, which is one of Luke's favorite meals. They turn out so yummy. Oh, God, that looks terrible, bro. What the fuck? Okay, so now he's got to critique the cooking, right? What? And I would ask this guy, why are you so unhappy? Why are you so unhappy that you have to criticize a woman who seems perfectly content with the choices she's made? She is a grown woman. She's not being held there against her will. She's not cuffed to the stove, honey. She made this decision. By the way, the lamb meatballs look delicious and I'd like one. I'm a little hungry right now. <laughs> that salad with those lamb meatballs looks beautiful to me. I'd like to be a guest at that house. I'm not kidding. So what is so what is really bothering him? I'd love to know. Is he bothered by the fact that she looks happy in that role and that goes against the modern feminist talking point of someone must be miserable if they're home doing those things? Is it his worldview that's shattering before our eyes? What is it? Because he seems such a, like such a little crank. You know, he's cranky, he's mad. Maybe there's something going on in his own life. I don't know. But the reason I brought this up is because I always talk about the demonization of, you know, women who choose to stay at home, the demonization of housewives, the demonization of women who make a different choice than what is considered the acceptable choice of the modern feminist movement. You know, and not every woman is going to want to be that CEO or enter the workforce. Some of them want to devote themselves to being a wife and being a mom. Why do we have to disparage them? Because they're making a different choice than what a lot of women make in this day and age. Why? Why? Why can't we just fight that reflex? Because we all have it, right? I mean, Rolo Tomasi says we're all kind of raised in the feminist age, and hence we kind of have a little bit of that lens. I believe that he's right on that in many respects, because I even have to check myself sometimes, because it's almost like you're programmed to react a certain way, and it just co starts coming out of your mouth, and you're like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. You really have to kind of deprogram all of that stuff and look at stuff for what it actually is. And I find it really interesting that he was so bothered. Maybe something's going on with him. I don't know. All right. So I come across this... Madison Bear. I didn't know a lot about her. I was saying her name wrong until Delhi, who's young and, you know, with the times, decided to correct me. She's 23 years old. She's a singer. Um, she actually posted uh, her music at one point on YouTube, and Justin Bieber had linked to one of her songs. That's how she became famous. And she's on this podcast interview, and she gets asked, of course, of course, about sexism and misogyny. So let's take a listen at 1108 this conversation would be like if I was a man. What kind of everyday sexism do you still come up against as well? I mean, a lot of people still to this day will try to like discredit my music or my my talents or my abilities by just being like, oh, she's just a pretty face or whatever that is. And I'm just, I again, I feel like that wouldn't be a conversation if I was a man. And it feels, it does, it does feel misogynistic. It just, it, it reads to me very misogynistic when people still to this day are like, what does she do like isn't she just like an influencer i'm just like i don't know what to do at this point like there's no 
And that's also why I stopped really okay. caring so much about those okay. comments because I'm just we can like, pause it there. So again, misogyny, that's not what misogyny means. Misogyny means that you it's a hatred of women. It's a deep dislike hatred of women. So you can't just throw that word out. And I know, I know the modern left likes to throw out the words, you know, misogynist, sexist, racist, you know, misinformation, whatever word of, of, of the moment, you know, they can label you as pick me. You're a pick me. We did that one the other day. It's just it's just a word vomit. Right. They do this because they want to try to discredit you with a label because they're afraid to debate you in terms of the actual context of what you're saying, because they don't have a good they don't have a good argument to be made. So it's interesting because she she seems to have an issue with people who say that her looks have played some role in her success. Now, she's she's a very attractive girl. So I ask her, do, do you think your looks played no role at all in your success? I think that would be incredibly naive and ridiculous. Of course, your looks were an asset to your success. It's a visual medium. It's a visual industry. It's an industry that, you know, prizes youth in many respects, beauty when it comes to women. This is this is not this is not, you know, uh, rocket science to figure out. So it's interesting to me because she seems to have taken offense to that. Like, don't judge me by my looks. Why do you make it about looks? So I went to her Instagram. Yes, I did. I did a little investigative work. I just want to pull up some of her Instagram that she this is her Instagram. This is what she's okay. So this is a video on her Instagram. We can play it. I mean, this is, I, I don't know. This has some type of filter, something going on there. But regardless, this is her obviously masquerading that she is a pretty girl. You know, she has the gift of genes. You know, she just genetic is genetically blessed in many respects. I don't know how much of it is genes, how much of it is whatever. I know people are going to say, oh, but she did this. She, I don't know what she did to her face. But regardless... Pretty girl, attractive. I think that's pretty objectively obvious to everyone. And she there has it on display. Let's look at another Instagram post. We can just go down the list on these, Deli, if you want. Okay, this is a picture. I think showcasing her body, her beauty. Okay, let's go to the next. I, I put a few in here. Here we go. Okay, now last I checked, she wasn't in a turtleneck with no makeup and a hood reading, you know, Shakespeare on her Instagram, right? So she's showcasing, again, this is a sexy photo. She's showcasing her sex appeal. And we can do the last one as well. I think I put one more. Okay. So listen, honey, you can't, you can't speak, you know, from both sides of your mouth. You clearly know. Also interesting to me, can I just do a side note here? She looks a little different in the Instagram pictures than in the interview. A little, if you did, I mean, it would be hard to do a side by side, but if you put a side by side of like, say that photo and her in the um, podcast interview, you, I had to do a double set. Like, is this the same girl? Which just goes to show you how women embellish on these social media outlets as well. I had this conversation with Art of Kicks the other day talking about how, you know, it used to be like fake eyelashes and, you know a little hair extensions. And now it's like filtered, photoshopped. I don't know what's going on on Instagram anymore. But sometimes you see those people in real life and you're like, that's not you. You know, so she looks different. She does look different. Not to say she's not an attractive girl in both settings, because I believe that she is. So it's not like I'm putting her down. I'm just simply calling out the medium for what it is. You can't just take Instagram at face value. These these photos have been doctored in many ways. Um, 
But she's choosing to put her physical beauty out there front and center. She's very clearly proud of what she looks like. She very clearly understands that she is making money off of that physical appearance. She very clearly understands that some of her success is due, a lot of her success is due to the fact that she has this canvas, right? And it will draw a lot of interest from women who want to look like her and buy maybe a product that she endorses and men who want to date her and slide into those DMs if they can. That's just a reality of the world. So I don't mind that because that is just reality, right? People look like what they look like. People have certain advantages over others. It is what it is. So fine. What I do mind is that then she'll come out and in the same breath, like put all that out there on Instagram and then be like, oh, I hate when people just assume it's like my looks that are, if your looks played no role, you wouldn't be showcasing like that, honey. You would be sitting with no makeup on with a hoodie reading Shakespeare to us because maybe, I don't know, we could get smarter by looking at your Instagram. So let's not be deluded and let's not deceive. I don't like that. I don't like delusional women and I don't like deceptive women. That's where I draw my line. Okay. So there we have it. I'm going to check in with the chat. Deli, you, you good on chat? <laughs> we have a lot of chats, actually. Okay, let's go. All right, first one was from Omega Ratsu. Uh, Hassan glows in the dark as much as Gloria Steinman does. <laughs> Establishment shills that want every able adult to mind salt while they indoctrinate kids. Oh, the indoctrination. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Gloria Steinem, yeah, for those who don't know, that's the um, leader of the modern feminist movement. All the demise started with her. Let's just say that. Okay. Go ahead, Del. Then Valhalla said, preach, Jed, preach. She's absolutely at peace, 100%. Correct, as Rolla would say. You're a dang right, Jed. <laughs> All right. We have another one from Valhalla. Because he's never been an alpha male to a woman, he doesn't know what a woman will do for an alpha male. He's, he's always been a beta who's had to do something for them. He can't identify alphas as one can identify this behavior. People already decided in the chat that he's a beta. I don't know about that. I don't know him, but I know that he seems to think that her life is miserable. It didn't look, so, I'm going to be honest, it didn't look so miserable to me. She looked very calm, very peaceful, like maybe she slid a nap in there. So I got no issues with her day. I'm just going to say that straight up. <laughs> we got one from the rational male. The prime detective of feminism is never do anything for the express pleasure of a man. Feminism conflates desire with oppression. Hassan is a male feminist. Oh, is that Rolo in there? Rolo, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's all true. That's all true and sad. Very sad though, if we live in a reality where, see now someone will go and try to like preach to that woman that what she's doing is wrong. Like, oh, we gotta wake her up. We gotta wake her up. She's, she's, she's on the wrong team, right? Drew Afwala would say she's on the wrong team. Is she being a pick me too, honey? She looked awfully happy to me. Just saying, ridiculous. Uh, anyway. We actually do have one more from Valhalla. Yeah. He doesn't understand women will submit to an alpha male. He's not dumb. He's just ignorant of a female behavior to an alpha male. His relationships with females are transactional. He's never had a val validational sex either. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me that a lot of people in chat feel like he's just, that the dynamic would be different um, if it were a beta or versus an alpha, like as if, you know, and it's true. I think, I think, I think if you as a man, a point to be made is that if you as a man provide and you provide that sense of security and you take that burden off of the situation where she doesn't have to worry about that stuff, you'd be surprised how content a lot of women are to sink into a day that brings a lot of peace. 
And it shouldn't be degraded, by the way. I know there's a segment of the population that will then degrade that and be like, oh, well, she's looking for the easy way out. Don't degrade it. Because again, men and women are different. And you know that stress, that work stress affects men and women very differently. Perfect example I'll give you from my own life. This is not a joke. I share things with you guys that I've, I would never share. It's like a little bit of therapy goes on. But this week there was, I had a slight curveball thrown in my you know business enterprise because there's a lot of stuff that happens it's a family business we you know run it together um it's our business even though i'm at the face of it right now um and little curveball came and i'm not gonna lie it hit me like a ton of bricks a few tears were shed by me and my husband's there just like okay it's all good so instead of this we're gonna do this and instead of this we're gonna do this and we're gonna just pivot here little chart was made he, it took him like all of five minutes to kind of just figure out how to get around that. And he was like, oh, this could actually wind up being a plus. Okay, good. Looked at me. Little tears come down. He's like, babe, why, go in the sauna. Take a break. Put on a face mask, the one you really like. And you're going to feel better in a few. We can watch a little bit of Manifest. You know you like that show. And I just absorbed all that. He's like, you know, I, I let it out. I let the tears flow. I'm telling you straight up how it went down. And he kind of just... It's just different. It just is. And you can fight that difference all you want, or you could just accept it and own it. And it didn't embarrass me at all. I loved that in that moment, I had a man there that had this little chart out, and I could say, I can have my little breakdown because he's not going to. And that's what you saw in that dynamic there. You saw a woman who said she didn't have to stress about all these things that she didn't want to stress about because she had a guy in the other room stressing out about it. And really, she was totally fine bringing him that coffee. You know what? I'll bring him his coffee. He can continue to stress about that stuff. And then I'm going to go about my day and cook dinner. And there is nothing wrong with electing that dynamic. And I will assure you that it does bring a lot of peace to women. Okay. I want to talk about King Riches. I'm loving this guy's podcast. I'm not kidding. I had seen an interaction between King Riches and Just Pearly a few weeks ago. And it was great. Just Pearly, I think, is really good at what she does I have to be I've, I've never had her on here we have we're going to get her on here when next time she's in Florida but she, she's really good at what she does really good at articulating her point of view and really good at moderating as well you should check out her channel but King Rich has had a panel on body count <sighs> man I nearly lost my cool I'm not going to lie so let's play I'm going to stop and go on this deli but let's start at 3118 and we will check in with the chat at the end of this before we get into some matrix stuff that you must I mean you can't believe you can't believe what the Matrix is doing now. So let's start with body count, 3118. Let's go. With my current partner, if I told him, oh, by the way, I've slept with a thousand guys, I really don't think he'd bat an eyelid as long as those thousand guys you were... Think a guy, you think a guy would not care if his woman has slept with a thousand other men? <laughs> you really honestly think that? Yeah. Wow. If you're safe, if you're clean, <laughs> if you're wow. safe, if you're clean, and if there's trust there, do you there shouldn't agree be with any that? care. There you should not that be well. any care. I think care. they should. I, I don't. No, 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 no. You think? Do you think that's true? Yes or no? It depends on the no, kind of man. You can't generalize somebody. You can't generalize everybody in the same brush. No, but I'm asking you your opinion. I think everybody's different. That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. What do you think? The kind of circles that I run in, I feel like that doesn't matter if it's 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 1 million or infinity. Wow. People don't care. <laughs> okay, like they don't pause ask. They don't I have to add, and I know I'm a relic, right? I'm first to admit it. I say it repeatedly. What kind of circles is she running in that people don't care if you slept with us? Who has that kind of time? 
A thousand people? Honey, it's nasty. I'm just saying straight up, one, it's nasty. It is nasty. A thousand guys? Mm, disgusting. Secondly, what kind of circle are you running in that that's the norm? Oh, yeah, a thousand, you know, two thousand. She went so far as to say infinity, meaning like, who knows? Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit for how much strange D. Come on. Come on. Nasty. That they, I can't believe what comes out. Some of these women need their mouths washed out with soap. This is nasty what's going on. Where were your parents? Get off my lawn, I swear. I feel like I age on this show just trying to like parent some of these ladies. Come on. Okay. And then we get to the point of her saying that, the first girl, saying that if her guy found out, so let's say she's dating him for a while. Everything's going great. Yeah. Okay. And it comes out in the discussion. She says to him, talking about body count, I don't know how these discussions start. I really don't. But say that it starts and she comes out and she says, oh, yeah, um, a thousand. She thinks he's just going to be like, you know what, babe, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's, you know, we're here now. We're living in the present. We're looking to the future. Stop it, honey. You know he's going to be like, what? What? What were you doing? First of all, she's not, doesn't look that old to me. So like he's starting to tally those numbers in his head. Like how many of that is a week or a year or where did that happen? Or is she just sleeping with everybody? Now he's like, mm, maybe I need to get myself checked because I don't know what's going on over there. And I know she says safe, but come on, honey, safe, safe with a thousand guys. Come on. You are living in a deluded world. If you think that a guy is not going to care that you decided to be loose with a thousand other guys, you think that I don't care how much he likes you. I don't care how much he loves you. You cannot tell me that that is not going to impact how he views you. Like, what was she doing? He's also going to be like, was she living a double life? You know, I don't understand. And yes, he will say, do I have a risque girl? Do I have a girl on my hands I'm not prepared for? Or is she going to be more likely to stray? They will. They will. Because it's not appealing for men to be faced with a woman who treats sex loosely. Because if they treat sex loosely, I don't care if it was in the past. That means that they have the ability to treat sex loosely. That means that they're more likely to maybe engage in something or fall into something and have that casual sex, cheat, whatever it may be. Yes, because their view of sex is not always about connecting sex with love. So that proclivity exists and it plants it in the guy's head that just makes it uncomfortable. A thousand? Honey. Come back to reality. Hop on that spaceship with the other girl and come back down to earth. <sighs> All right. This is interesting. This part. We're going to go to 105. So she, ta- a girl, she talks about how her friend is religious and how they have a very different view of dating and what a red flag was for her friend that would not be for her. And she can't fathom it. I can. Okay. Let's play it. Right. I have a really, really good mate that I went to school with. And bless us all. Oh, she's amazing, but she is extremely religious and her perspectives on dating in the 21st century are very, very different to my perspective on dating. So, for example, she went on a first date. Her first date was when she was, I want to say, what, in her early 20s, which is fair enough. And she didn't want to see the first guy she dated again because he didn't hold the door open for her. Mm. Now, if that happened to me, I'd be like, I can open the freaking door myself. Mm. You know, mm. this is where I mean I by we're all 
different perspectives, different backgrounds. Okay. Like, yeah. And I think so. Like- I can tell you straight up, I get it. I get why her friends said mm, no. Maybe she was looking for a gentleman. A. Secondly, maybe that was an indication of other aspects of what that relationship dynamic was going to look like. So if you're looking for a guy to be a leader, if you're looking for that rock, if you're looking for that gentleman, and he standing there, you walk to the diner, you know, you're going to hang out, whatever, diner, fancy five-star restaurant. I don't care. I'm more of a diner girl, so whatever. You get to the front door and he's just standing there (laughs) looking around. Game over for me. No, because you know that that sit back guy who's waiting for you, either waiting for you because he doesn't have any authority or any sense of authority or afraid of you because he's afraid. Well, I was told not to open doors for women because the modern feminist left told me that they're going to get upset because then it's going to mean that I think they can't open the door for themselves. So I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to wait. Either of those two things deeply unattractive deeply unattractive so if you're looking for that strong guy you're out you're out it's you've already like it's unattractive you can't get that moment back and it's interesting because then she comes back this other woman and she parrots that talking point of the modern left right oh well I can do it for myself I can do the open the door it's not about that it's not just about the door it's about how that bleeds into every other aspect of life and I will guarantee you that you will see a correlation between the guy who sits back and doesn't open the door. And then I'm going to ask, did the guy pay for dinner? How does that guy behave around you? Is he afraid of you? Is he walking on eggshells morning, noon, and night? Does he have his own life? Does he have his own ambition? Does he have his own sense of direction? Is that a guy you can lean on? Is that a guy you're going to trust to be head of household? All of these things are interconnected. So I'm not saying somebody can't make a mistake, but I'm saying that that would be an unattractive sign to me. If I were on a date and I watched that guy just wait and I had to open the door for him, (laughs) listen, we could go and have that burger, but that's all it's going to be. And I completely understand the mindset of a woman who would be turned off to that. And it's kind of sad, by the way, that that woman is not turned off to it. Kind of sad because she, again, she chewed up and swallowed that talking point of I can do it myself. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you can do for yourself, but you're not going to feel good about doing them. And I'll tell you straight up, if you got to open that door for the guy standing next to you, you're not going to be happy with him at the end of the day. And I told you, you will go home and you will fantasize about that cowboy. I promise. I promise. Okay. Now it gets a little interesting, this section, because it talks about what if you had a daughter? And I love that he does this to to put them on the spot a little bit. Like, okay, take yourself out of it and the conversation about body count. What if you had a daughter? What would you want that situation to look like for your daughter? I was blown away by the responses, I have to say. 21734, we're going to go to that. Deli, that's what would, would women care about their daughter's body count. Let's listen. Not want commitment or provide long-term stability. I wouldn't want her to be heartbroken, no. But it she just depends what on what she wants, she wants yeah. So you wouldn't it's mind if she... It's 2022, like, it's not <laughs> she... even that deep. Like, I feel like, it's just, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's trying to, it's not that deep. Uh, Your parent wants to hear about who the child slept with. Can't can't hear you in the mic. The mic's there. No parent wants to hear about who their child is set with, regardless of number. No, nah, but you'd probably want the best for your child, though, wouldn't you? Obviously, you have to wish it. Obviously. If she wanted to sleep with 100 and she's not getting hurt, then okay. If she's not getting hurt, then why? Okay, do you know what I mean? But I, I really doubt, I mean, it really depends. If she has it's her own body, like, I can't tell her 
you can't do this. She was going to do it anyways. Okay, first of all, let's pause on that. So did you notice the girl on the left, a little bit of attitude? She's pissed. I don't know at what point she got pissed, but did you see this? Stop it, honey. We all saw the dramatic. You're not you're not in some type of movie. You're not in a rom-com right now. You saw that just it's so irritating. She heard something she didn't like, or she got tired of sitting there. She's like, what am I doing here? Something happened and she got pissed and she's gotta let everybody know. I can't when that attitude sets in. It's like that like 13-year-old girl attitude, only it's existing in like a 28-year-old woman, deeply unattractive. Just saying. So this this reaction is terrifying to me um as a mom and as like I don't have a daughter I have a son but I cannot fathom grown women saying these things they're asked directly if it would upset them if their daughter if they had a daughter and that daughter you know had a body count of a thousand or whatever and they're like well it's 2022 who cares so in other words translation oh it's normal for women to be promiscuous and sleep around in 2022 so like whatever so if it's normal to do X, Y, and Z, if that's the new norm, then I guess they're just going to endorse it. You know, what, what other choice do you have? Maybe to be a parent? I don't know. Maybe to offer some guidance as a mom? Maybe to fill her in and how a life of promiscuity is going to lead her down the wrong path? Are you a parent or not? I mean, it's very clear there's no kids. They don't have kids. And what, man, I started to tremble thinking about what that situation might look like and how it's going to unfold. Let's continue with that. Uh, let's go to 20, let's go to 2023. Same conversation. If my partner said my body count was a thousand. No, I'm saying I for just... your daughter, in this question that the, the, the person asked, you said, well, it's, you don't mind. Uh, it depends on my daughter's opinion. If my daughter wants to sleep with a hundred people by her choice, then she's not being used in my eyes. I feel like I want to answer that question when I had a daughter. It's an impossible oh, no, question 21. <laughs> if you don't have a child. That's true. So you don't have... Hypothetically. You don't have any kind of like thought process if okay. you do have a child. So be, I can't. The dumb hurts. The dumb hurts. Sometimes the dumb... I feel actual pain from the dumb. I'm not going to lie. First of all, honey, let me tell you something. If your daughter is sleeping with 100, 200, or 300 guys, I can guarantee you somewhere in that process, she's being used. Come on. Now, she may be using them too, don't get me wrong, because maybe she got programmed along the way to think she was supposed to behave that way. It was some sign of female empowerment to behave that way. But how ridiculous, you think every one of those guys, all 100, 200, 300, 1,000, infinity, whatever you want to say, all of them care about her. They're all going to call her the next day. They all have some type of emotional investment. In her. Give me a break. Stop it. Stop living on Mars. It's ridiculous. <sighs> what was that other one that I wanted to get to that other point about it? Hmm. Can't answer. I wrote myself a note here. Do you believe I wrote myself a note and I can't read the handwriting? Did that ever happen to you at home? Deli, maybe we'll catch, check in with the chat. Do you have a, a chat to read? Because I, I have some, a note here and I actually can't read it. So I need to remind myself what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, we have two. The, the rational male says Instagram oh. is just a funnel for marketing for women. Hmm. And That's true. We have one more thing sent $50. My modern entity is the West makes people think you can divorce yourself from innate human nature slash mammalian culture. Cultural norms since time and memorial have similarities by and large for a reason. Yeah, that's a, actually a big talking point. Um, I don't know if you saw the episode we did with Hunter Avalon. By the way, Hunter's coming. 
to do the show. He's going to be live in studio with me. We're going to have a little debate. So you're going to want to get a nice big tub of popcorn, extra butter. Make sure it's grass-fed butter. Just saying for that. Um, but yeah, I think the goal of a lot of the modern movement is to deny what's innate. So in other words, nothing is innate, nothing is intrinsic. It's all society. So men aren't masculine by nature. And I gave you that example where I said if you put, you know, X amount of women and X amount of men on a desert island and you just like left them there, that traditional gender roles would thrive. That would be what would rise to the surface. Absolutely. Someone like Hunter would probably argue, no, it's all societal. And I'm like, no, honey, it's just not. There is some societal influence. Absolutely. There is some societal brainwashing. Absolutely. But if you were able to somehow remove that, things are intrinsic to men and women. That's why men and women are different. And remember, they need to undermine the argument that men and women are different to succeed in anything. None of their arguments can win unless they remove that core. The other point that I wanted to make, which I had written in really bad handwriting, man, my handwriting getting so bad since my Catholic school days. I'm a, I'm a little ashamed. The nuns right now would not be happy with me is all I'm gonna say. What I found interesting about that other clip though is that all the women say, well, I don't have a child. I don't have a child, so I can't possibly tell you what I would say if I if I had a daughter and she slept with like a thousand guys, I, how do I visualize that? This is why the dumb hurts. What do you mean you can't visualize it? You can't, you can't see ahead to know that you would be bothered if your daughter, your future daughter slept with a thousand guys. You can't see the lack of morality in that. You can't see the decay in that, and you can't immediately say, oh, I would be in on that parenting, something's gotta change, I've, something's gone wrong. Come now. I was so disturbed that I actually spit, and that spit has now gone everywhere. Okay, just saying. <laughs> Telly lives for these moments. Um, all right, so I wanna shift over. I need to do a little bit of Matrix stuff with you because honestly, this is getting to be too much, and it's getting to be a little scary. So, you know, Andrew Tate's Matrix, his, uh, he put that word on the map for me. I used to call it the system, but I kind of like the Matrix. We all know the movie. It's a good reference point. I like it, so I've kind of adopted it. Um, I don't know if you saw this. There's two things I want to get to when it comes to the Matrix, and these are important things you need to be aware of. For people, if you're out there and you use social media, you need to understand what's going on with Elon Musk a little bit. Um, and if you're out there and you lived through the last three years of the pandemic, can't do this enough, um, I think you'll be... Uh, wanting to hear about this from the New York Post. So let's just take take a listen. This is important stuff. It's different. It goes one layer deeper than the dating stuff, but it's all relevant and it's all interconnected. Just take a listen for this for a second. This is from the New York Post. Scientists warn long frozen zombie virus is public health threat amid thaw. This is not a joke. French scientists have sparked fears of yet another pandemic. Oh, how convenient. Maybe it'll come just in time for the election. Just saying. After reviewing a zombie virus that had been trapped under a frozen lake in Russia for a record 50,000 years. According to the preliminary paper, global warming. Ah, there's your two. There's your keyword. Global warming is causing vast swaths of the permafrost, permanently frozen ground covering one quarter of the northern hemisphere to irreversibly thaw. This has had the alarming effect of releasing organic matter frozen for up to a million years including potentially harmful pathogens. Okay, and they talk about what those pathogens are, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, they went and did a study of the live cultures. And this is the, this is the nugget right here. You know how I always look for the nugget? After studying the live cultures, scientists found that all the zombie viruses have the potential to be infectious and are therefore a health threat. 
They postulate that we could see more COVID-19 style pandemics in the future as ever melting permafrost continues to release long dormant viruses like a microbial Captain America. Here we are. So I've told you this before that the matrix needs to control society. We talked about that and they do it through fear, right? This is more political fear. This is step one. We talked about climate change and how that's going to be the talking point of the Klaus Schwab. That's going to be the talking point of the World Economic Forum. That is going to be the talking point that is utilized to scare the heck out of a lot of people and call for drastic measures to prevent bad things from happening. And now apparently climate change is causing this permafrost situation. And now I know you're all thinking about, oh, a horror film where there's this lake there's the ice on top of the lake. It cracks and then the monsters come up. Well, that's what they want you to be thinking, right? Because they need everybody terrified. of. Who knows? Maybe this will happen just in time for the next election. Who said it? Not me. Maybe, I don't know, could there be an experimental vaccine that would treat the effects of the permafrost? I don't know. You don't know. But just think of the possibilities. Just saying. So this is out there. And the reason that I talk to you about this is because this is going to come in many forms. Over the next couple of years, Pandemic 2.0 will be, sorry, Pandemic 2.0 will be fascinating to watch unfold. And you should be prepared because climate change will be the talking point through which they try to capture everyone. You know, I don't know if it's going to be lockdowns. I don't know what that's going to look like, but the fear is going to be interesting. And I'm curious. Apparently, climate change causes everything now. It's crazy. You read like about heart attacks, climate change. Oh, this mouse, you know, ate another mouse. Climate change. I mean, everywhere I look, it's like, Climate change, how convenient. How convenient for the people that want you to eat bugs and tell you that meat are the problem, et cetera. How convenient. Okay, so um, final point on the matrix, then we're gonna get back to the chat. So if you have comments, if you have questions, please um, usher them into Delhi. I wanna make sure I get to all the super chats. This is interesting. White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre has an issue. You notice what's going on with Twitter, right? So Elon Musk takes over and you see all of these accounts that were blocked. You saw Andrew Tate came back on Twitter. I think Sneeko's back. I'm not 100% sure on that. You saw Kanye come back and then I think he got banned again. I don't know what he did this time, but people are coming back. A lot of the doctors that were cited as misinformation are coming back. In fact, the COVID-19 misinformation policy as it applied to Twitter, where they were kind of targeting misinformation, that was all a crazy time, right? Everybody all of a sudden was getting flagged. Doctors who were coming out and citing their studies, getting flagged, getting removed. That's all going away now. A lot of those people are being reinstated, right? So that, of course, terrifies the modern left because they can't stand freedom of speech, right? Because you can't control people unless you control what they see, what they consume. That's why you have things like state-run media. You know, communist countries don't allow for freedom of speech and they don't allow for these platforms because exposure to these things would, would, you know, inspire free-thinking people and free-thinking people are dangerous to those regimes. Well, guess what? Free-thinking people are dangerous to the current regime as well. And by current regime, by the way, I don't mean the administration in the United States. I mean the global elitist regime. I mean, you know, the WEF, the WHO, all the all the all the organizations looking out for your health and well-being, even though they don't spend one day, one second talking about actual health measures. So I want to play this clip. Uh, Deli, do you have that um, Twitter? I want you to hear what White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre says about keeping a close eye on Twitter. This is the question she's asked in the press room. Listen to her response and listen closely, please. This is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that 
Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you know, we have always been very clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when we comes to the hate that we're seeing, uh, that they they take action, that they continue uh, to take action. Again, okay. we're all keeping That's a close press secretary eye on this. We're for all, the uh, uh, monitoring. Press secretary for the Biden administration. Some of you may know. Some of you may turn off the news for some sanity. Maybe you don't know. More power to you, because honestly, I do think that brings people a lot of peace. But she's keeping an eye. She's keeping an eye. So did you understand the power of what was just said? They targeted, there was collusion, and I'm going to just cite something back in February to remind you guys. There was collusion between the Biden administration and these social media outlets to squash what they labeled as misinformation. Now remember, big government holds hands with big pharma. The whole rollout of the vaccine was government holding hands with pharmaceutical companies. Big media is owned by big pharma. That's a reality. That's how they make all of their money. So the collusion between these organizations, people caught wind of it. And I'll just remind you from February, this was an article that came out that said, I'm just going to quote from this for a second. I don't think you have this one, Dell. You don't have to worry about it. Top-ranking Biden administration officials appear to have pressured Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms to censor content the federal government considered misinformation, according to federal government emails obtained by two Republican state attorneys general. There was a federal lawsuit involved in this um, at the time. The discovery provided so far demonstrates that this censorship enterprise is extremely broad. The lawsuit's discovery identified 45 federal officials who communicated with social media executives on what information to censor. So here's what I'll say to you. Elon Musk has been good for Twitter, but look at how terrified these people are of freedom of speech. Look at how terrified these people are of dissent. Don't underestimate the power of the word hate she uses. She says, oh, going after misinformation and going after hate. Who defines what, what hate means? Is it hateful if I go on Twitter and I point out that men and women are different to some, right? Some would take offense to that and say that's hateful. So be careful of these words because they are used to marginalize, they are used to shut down, they are used to censor, they are used to deplatform people for simply sharing a different opinion. So just be alert to what's going on because whatever we saw happen last round, it's gonna come around again and you're going to have the powers that be get very, very nervous about the platforms they can't touch, right? So if Twitter has said, we're not gonna enforce this stuff, we're not gonna you know, collude with the White House and have a misinformation campaign that shuts down dissenting information to what mainstream media, big government, and big pharma wants out there. We're not gonna shut that down. They're gonna start to tremble. They're gonna start to tremble, it's gonna show. And by the way, when authoritarians start to tremble, they don't sit back and give up. They focus more strongly on other areas. You know, they have to, they have to get that pressure out. So round two of this, just be aware it's not over. And be aware that there are people in collusion with a lot of power that want to shut your voice down if you have the audacity to be a free-thinking person. And I know there are a lot of you out there watching this show who care about this issue. So when Andrew Tate talks about the matrix, this is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about the shutdown of freedom of speech. This is why he was censored. Because he's somebody coming out and saying, 
These people are trying to shut me down. These people are trying to shut you down. And they're not done. I don't know what it's going to look like in round two, but you better be willing to fight. Which is another reason, by the way, why they got to take out all the strong men. Because you know, as well as I do, that most of the people that are going to stand up and say, no, sorry, honey, are going to be the strong-ass masculine men out there, right? That are going to hopefully still have the gonads to do that if they haven't been shrunk at that point by mainstream media slash modern feminism slash society in 2022 as we know it. All right, one last check-in in the chat, and then we're going to close out for today. Yeah, we got a lot of comments. Um, Silly said, they seem to want to do all things men have to do, yet somehow are resentful for actually having to do it. They're always calling them strong and independent, but yet jump to the chance to infantilize themselves. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the self-infantilization, I call it, of women. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. KS says, I think all the women in these interview are in denial. Um, Omega says... Hunter was and still is a grifter. After losing ground on the right, he went left, hoping to make monetary gains. A pure grift. Oh, he's talking about Hunter Avalon. Yeah, Hunter Avalon has shifted a lot. He was like conservative, now he's liberal. He did like a video, like he was a meat eater, now he's like vegan. I don't really know what's going on there, but we're gonna get to the bottom of it, don't you worry. I have uh, detectors for, you know, the phony. We'll see, maybe he's not. I'll let you know. You'll you'll see it for yourself. He's going to sit right down here at this table. By the way, props to him for coming on. We've uh, extended offers to a number of uh, Drew Afwalo. There's a lot of people we don't hear back from. <laughs> Shocking. But uh, he agreed, so good on him. Okay, we have another $50 from Thane. He said, fear is a cultural norm in the West. Easy to get compliance and market to the scared. Buy drugs for the restless leg syndrome now. Can't sleep. Buy, buy this. Scared of war? Vote here. Then we have another one from, and that's it actually. Okay, yeah, yep. fear is very important. Um, fear is what's utilized to basically control a society. You can't control a society without making the population completely terrified. And if you weren't, if you didn't fall into the fear, by the way, last round, good on you. I told you I did fall into the fear initially. I told you I was washing the walls like an idiot. Ridiculous, now that I look back. God, that's what, by the way, that period after, right after you have a baby, people say you lose your mind a little bit. I didn't have postpartum or any of that, but I definitely was like, the hormones were dancing, man. I was legit washing the walls thinking, I mean, just crazy. <sighs> man, God. My husband was like, honey, I don't know what's going on here, but it's gotta stop. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Don't fall into the fear is the bottom line. So thank you for being with us today, everyone. I will be back on Monday with a hot show as always. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button hit that like button. We need you to show some love for the channel. Remember, 100K, you never know what you're gonna get. You never know. All I'm gonna say is with me, it could get spicy. 100K special treat. I'll see you on Monday. Have a good day.